Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. Do you have an agenda? Jesus does. And he told the people of Capernaum and us about that agenda in Luke chapter 4. Today we continue in our sermon series, Uncovered. We find an agenda uncovered. Our message is based on Luke chapter 4, verses 38 to 44. Our sermon is entitled, Agenda Uncovered. May God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of his holy word. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his own blood, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. As we continue our Uncovered Epiphany series this morning, we turn to Luke chapter 4, verses 38 through 44. Jesus got up, left the synagogue, and went into Simon's house. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. They asked him to help her. He stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. Immediately, she got up and began to serve them. As the sun was setting, they brought to him all who were sick with various diseases. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Demons also came out of many people crying out, You are the Son of God. He rebuked them and did not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. When it was day, he went out to a deserted place. The crowds were looking for him. They went up to him and were trying to prevent him from leaving them. But he told them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns too, because that is why I was sent. And he continued to preach in the synagogues in the land of the Jews. The word of our God. My dear friends in Christ, agenda uncovered. Let me state the completely obvious, an agenda uncovered is the polar opposite of a hidden agenda. Do you ever find yourself on the wrong end of someone else's hidden agenda? You entered some kind of a drawing only to find out that the company sponsoring that drawing was taking your information and selling it to a whole bunch of other companies and now you're flooded with all kinds of marketing, phone calls, and email. Or back in the day in high school, you started dating someone, but eventually learned that the only reason that person was dating you was to make jealous the person they really wanted to date. And now you've learned that they're happily married all these years later. You're welcome. That's a hidden agenda. So do you have an agenda? Unless you're running a meeting... When someone asks you that question, it puts you back on your heels just a little bit, doesn't it? They're making it sound like you have something up your sleeve, that you're hiding something, that you want to manipulate a situation in order to make it serve for your good, to get your way. We have an agenda here at Divine Grace. Do you know that? We call it our mission statement. 
Our mission statement simply says, Divine Grace Lutheran Church exists to gather, grow, and go all to the glory of God. That's our agenda. That's why we exist, to gather around God's word and sacraments, to grow in our faith in Jesus and in the knowledge of the Holy Scriptures, and then to go and tell as many people as we can the good news of Jesus, our Savior, so that they can have eternal life too. Our Lord Jesus had an agenda. He shares it with us in our text this morning. So let's work our way through this text and unpack this agenda uncovered. So after being roundly rejected in his hometown of Nazareth in the synagogue there, as we heard last Sunday, Jesus went to Capernaum, and after preaching in the synagogue there on the Sabbath day, he went to the home of Simon Peter, one of his disciples. Mark's Gospel tells us that Peter's brother Andrew also was there, as were a couple of other disciples who were brothers James and John. Now, presumably, the five of them had headed to Simon Peter's home to enjoy some dinner after the Sabbath and maybe to stay for the night. That agenda changed, however, when they arrived at the home and Jesus learned that Simon Peter's mother-in-law was in bed suffering from a high fever. And so Luke tells us that they asked him to help her. Jesus stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. What a mighty Savior we serve. He simply rebuked the fever, and the word in the Greek there has the idea of giving it a command with a threat implied. Fever, you better leave her or else. He'd do the same thing later on in his ministry when the Lord Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves and calmed a stormy sea. His agenda, this all-powerful, this perfectly compassionate Christ, wanted Simon Peter's mother-in-law to get well. He spoke the word, rebuked her fever, and she was well. Literally a miraculous recovery. Peter's mother-in-law then had an agenda too. Immediately, she got up and began to serve them. Friend, is that your agenda? I pray that it is. This same Jesus has rebuked the devil and his power over you. This Jesus has healed your immortal soul from the deadly disease of sin. And now your fever for sin, your fever for serving you, your, your fever for being selfish, your fever for always putting you first and your needs and your wants ahead of everything else, that fever has left. And now you want to get up and serve the Savior who has set you free. And you want to live for the one who lived and died for you. He has given you this holy desire in your life, not only to serve the Lord, but also to serve your fellow human beings. Now your saved heart, your new heart, that new spirit, the Holy Spirit has created within you, understands what the Bible says when it says in 1 Corinthians 10.24 that no one should seek his own good, but the good of others. 
Brothers and sisters in Christ, let's make that our agenda as we serve. The people of Capernaum had an agenda too. Word about Jesus spread around the whole city of Capernaum like a California wildfire, and they wanted this miracle worker to make them well too. Luke says, as the sun was setting, they brought to him all who were sick with various diseases. He laid his hands on every one of, every one of them and healed them. Even Satan had an agenda that day. Though not surprisingly, his was a hidden agenda. Did you catch it there? Jesus drove demons out of many people. And those demons, those evil spirits, showed their lineage, their pedigree. They were fallen angels. And so they cried out about Jesus. You are the Son of God. They know that Jesus is the Son of God. They know that he is the promised Christ. You are the Son of God. They were right. So why did Jesus silence them? Well, maybe two reasons. One is for the same reason that a company fires a disgraced celebrity who had been serving as their spokesperson doing all kinds of commercials for them. After that person's public fall from grace, they're roundly fired because the company doesn't want that kind of negative publicity. Jesus did not want the witness of Satan's henchmen, the evil spirits. But I wonder, is it maybe also because Jesus knew that the demons said what they said in an effort to try to undermine the true purpose of his saving mission? That as he's healing person after person and they cry out, you are the son of God, it would mislead some people into thinking that this Messiah had come just to perform miracles and make people better? But that wasn't our Savior's agenda. And so early on Sunday morning, the day after the Sabbath, after healing and driving out demons well into Saturday night, Jesus, we're told, went out to a deserted place. Mark's gospel account tells us that he went off by himself to pray, to spend time with his heavenly Father in prayer. And I would imagine that according to his human nature, Jesus prayed for the strength to stick to his agenda, which happened to be the agenda of his heavenly Father, too. But we come to find that the people of Capernaum refused to leave Jesus alone. They searched high and low until they found him. Well, that's great, right? We want people to search out for Jesus. But notice the end of our text. They went up to him, to Jesus, and were trying to prevent him from leaving them but he told them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns too, because that is why I was sent. Now back that up. What was the agenda of the people of Capernaum? From Jesus' reply, it would seem that their agenda was to keep Jesus there with them, not so much for what he could do for their soul, but for what he could do for their physical needs. 
They wanted this miracle worker to heal them, to take away their problems, to make them whole, to help them overcome life's maladies. And they wanted to hang on to this great physician who could heal them any time that they wanted him or needed him to. In other words, they wanted Jesus to conduct his public ministry according to their agenda. But in response, Jesus uncovers his agenda for them and for us. Interestingly, rather than reveling in the success and the popularity he was enjoying there in Capernaum, rather than staying there in the safe and friendly confines of their fair city, and staying away from the murderous threats and the rejection he would experience down in Jerusalem, Jesus says that he must keep going to the other towns too. Because that's why he was sent into the world. Not to follow the biddings of sinful human beings, but to carry out the agenda of his heavenly Father. He was sent into the world not just to preach the good news to the people of Capernaum, but to the ends of the earth. He must, he says. Theologians refer to this as our Savior's divine necessity. This isn't the first time that we run into Jesus saying he must, and it, it won't be the last. You remember that back at the tender age of 12, when he was left behind at the temple, when Joseph and Mary finally found him there, he gently reminded them that he must be about his father's business. A little later in his ministry, he told the Pharisees in Luke chapter 13, when they tried to scare him out of Jerusalem with some alleged threat that Herod had made on Jesus' life, Jesus told them, no, I, I must keep on going. I must carry out my ministry. And as Good Friday got closer and closer on several occasions, Jesus pulled his disciples aside and he taught them that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of his enemies, be killed, and on the third day rise again. He must. Because, believers, Jesus isn't evasive about his agenda. It's not hidden. It's uncovered. You want to know what Jesus' agenda is? All right, here it is. His agenda was to leave his home in heaven to become our brother, to live for us here on this earth, to obey his Father's will perfectly his entire life long as our substitute to give us his righteousness. His agenda was to die on the cross for my sins and yours and for the sins of the whole world and to rise again to be able to promise everlasting life in heaven to all who believe in him. His agenda was to send people like us out to the ends of the earth to tell the whole world the good news. That's his agenda. Stay here, Jesus. We need you to heal us, to help us, to fix our problems. We need for you to do for us whatever we tell you to do. No. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns too, because that is why I was sent. You know, friends, I need that reminder this morning. Maybe you do too. 
because I think that there are times when we can start to think of Jesus only in terms of what he can do about our problems in life. Jesus, I need you to make me well. I need you to heal my loved one. Jesus, I need you to fix this emotional problem I'm having. Jesus, I need you to fix this relationship. Jesus, I need you to fix this financial problem. Jesus, I need you to fix fill in the blank. But we know that it is the hardest, most difficult, the toughest thing that we've ever had to struggle with in life. And like the crowds in Capernaum, we go to Jesus with that problem. That's good. Keep doing that. But then for whatever reason, Jesus decides to go somewhere else. Now, he's promised never to leave us or forsake us. He said, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. But what I mean is this, that he allows that burden to continue to be a burden. We don't get better. Our loved one doesn't make it. We don't get the financial relief we prayed for. The sickness doesn't go away. The problem persists, and we get annoyed, and we get discouraged. And that's when we need to remember this agenda uncovered, that Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost, to give his life as a ransom for us, Not so that my life here would go better. Not to fix all of today's social problems. Not to make it so that we would always be happy, healthy, and wealthy. But to win for us joys that will never, ever end. To heal our sin-sick soul. To give us heaven's riches. To make us heirs of the perfect treasures that will never wear out or get spent or fade away. And how does Jesus do that? How does Jesus heal these sin-sick souls? With the powerful gospel that he went on to preach and then had written down for our learning the very holy scriptures that have made people like us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Look, when you hear Jesus saying this morning, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns too, because that is why I was sent. Please Let that serve as a reminder to you today and every day that it is the gospel that we need more than anything, anything in life. Because even if we get physical or emotional or financial healing that we were praying for, that we were hoping for, that if we we forget Jesus, our Savior, if we lose our connection with him in faith, then we are still without the real healing that we truly need, healing from the deadly disease of sin. The same Savior who used his perfect compassion and his almighty power to heal people with illnesses and diseases of every kind, his power over Satan and his demonic forces, today uses his words to remind us that he's committed to his heavenly agenda. An agenda that included saving me. 
chief of sinners and saving you. Saving us from the sin that would have otherwise damned us. Remember last Sunday we saw how Jesus walked right through a crowd that wanted to throw him off a cliff. Maybe it's even more remarkable today to see Jesus walking away from a crowd that wants to hold on to him to keep him there. But he does. In fact, he says, I must. And in response, we say, thank you, Jesus, for following your agenda, your agenda to save us, to give us heaven. Amen.